Cadence. <laughs> Shout out to Cadence for the free for profit beat. Love our free for profit beat producers. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Probably doing some house cleaning. Probably gaming. Probably doing some late night assignments. Late day assignments, excuse me. You get the gist, though. All right. What up, though, Detroit? The time is currently 2.16 p.m. Eastern Time, 59 degrees. Indeed. If you are in Rochester, Michigan, of course. Cloudy, but it's all right, though. We're still going to make the most of it. And if for those of you who don't know me, my name is Elijah TP, and I am with... I'm your host, Greg, and today we're going to be talking about 90s, 90s cartoons. cartoons on this episode of Greg Talks. So, Elijah, what would you say is like the first cartoon when you were growing up that had a significant impact on you? Significant impact. That's a good one. I would probably have to say either Invader Zim or Ed and Nettie. Okay. Why Invader Zim? Invader Zim, I feel like it taught me that Zim's whole objective was to take over the world. And right, Dibs, right. his objective was to take down Zim and save the planet or whatever. <laughs> but even though those two characters had different goals, they still had a lot of drive and ambition behind them. So that's something that that show taught me. And on top of that, the animation was solid. Gurr was funny than a mug, too. Oh, yeah, he was. He was definitely, like, very ditzy. I don't, he didn't like remind me so much of like Patrick in that way though. He was just more of a funny kind of like annoying still, but annoying enough to where it still frustrated you every time he like messed up right. Zim's plans. So exactly. And also who wouldn't want Gur as like a best friend too? Especially uh, with the little dog suit costume too. It was adorable. I'm oh yeah, of course. That was adorable. But I will tell you, bro, like uh thinking back on Gur, the episode I always return to is the one where he went evil. I still honestly, and I know like Vader's M's kids cartoons are like they couldn't get away with a lot of things, yeah. but that episode in particular was just so intriguing because it was like, what would have happened like if Gerd took over the earth? You just have to wonder though. It's one of exactly. those things that kind of keep And Zim was about. his lackey or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then Ed and Eddie, I am the oldest out of five boys in my immediate family. So with Ed and Eddie, um be working together as a team regardless of how many times you fail has always stuck out to me okay yeah ed ed netty for me uh i just kind of didn't connect with it like a whole lot it was a great show like i turned it on every now and again but honestly i didn't really get what okay let me take it back i know the appeal because it's like suburb kids getting into like shenanigans but it's kind of, it was one of those weird Cartoon Network shows. Like, it had, like, yeah. an interesting art style, but it just kind of turned me off because sometimes it just got really gross at points. And I was like, nah, I'll just turn on Courage the Cowardly Dog or Billy and Mandy. That's another good top. That's another good uh, show, too. I was going to say Billy and Mandy's another one, even though it wouldn't be considered, like, a 90s. It was, like, an early 2000s, Early right? 2000s show, yeah. So, could we count that as, like, 90s to nah. a degree? 
not really. It has that 90s feel, though. Yeah, it does. Like, a lot of unrestricted uh, humor. Not to mm-hmm. where it's an adult humor, but, like, there's jokes in there that adults can get that children will overlook. That That is true. Yeah, but for me, uh, I would say... And I got to think, because I, like, watched a lot of cartoons. I was, like, uh, one of those kids, like, that was in front of the TV a lot, whose parents have to keep saying, them, hey, you need to get away from TV, otherwise you're going to get brain dead. Like, on um, <laughs> Saturdays, you would just get up early and then make your favorite bowl of cereal and then just pretty much, be yeah. in front of the TV for, like, five hours out of the day. Exactly. Yeah. But I guess, like, the first one that comes to mind is SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. No-brainer. Uh, the first three seasons of SpongeBob in particular – I have a lot of great memories just with those characters. Like Likewise. For me, uh, the intriguing thing about SpongeBob that a lot of us probably don't realize is we connected with it because SpongeBob represented childhood innocence. But at the same time, he brought that to his work, which is why he was always in a state of happiness. Mm-hmm. Even though he was doing the same job as Squidward, who just was pessimistic about his life and kind of a cynic. But that's what kind of makes them connect because when you grow up, the world essentially turns you into a Squidward, but it's your duty for your own happiness to try to be more like SpongeBob. Right. And you can't tell me like that the bandmates episode is not the season finale. I understand that SpongeBob the movie technically is the true finale, but you got to hear me out on this. Hmm. So in bandmates, what how did the final scene go it went with squidward finally being happy exactly he finally like achieved his goal and he finally let spongebob be his friend like for probably for the first time in his life for real there was like i know an episode where they did like a pizza thing it's funny as hell oh that's a classic it's a classic episode but the bandmates episode is like hands down probably better just because of that moment alone and it had that freeze frame shot now we go back to SpongeBob the movie. That was another instance where SpongeBob was struggling. Like, and he kind of got into a state where, am I not a man? Because I'm not the manager. I've been working at this job for so many years, like I should be the manager. I didn't even realize that there was like a correlation between that man, manager. Like yeah. that's I'm just now picking that <laughs> it's, up it's at very 21 subtle. years old. Yeah. Very subtle. It's crazy that uh, the stuff that Steven was able to like fit into those early things, early episodes in the movie. But at the end of the movie, SpongeBob became a man or manager, and he also got a freeze frame at the end of that in the exact same pose that Squid that Squidward had in Bandmates. So like that parallel alone, it's like emotional because both those characters finally like reached a catharsis, mm-hmm. like in their lives. They finally were satisfied with like where they were at. Hence why SpongeBob to me is always going to be like an OG, well, a legend just because of that. But um, I know like SpongeBob for you, though, um, you know, you have some stuff to say on it. So Yeah, with uh, SpongeBob, I definitely enjoyed like the first like three, four seasons of that. Oh, four seasons. Season four is a little iffy, but season four is a bit iffy. Yeah. But after a while, SpongeBob got mm-hmm. to a point where it's a little too childish and there's not really a lot of like lessons in there too, which is kind of mm-hmm. what turned me off from it. And as I got older, I kind of like, and I realized that life sucks, but like I realized that life isn't always what you make it out to be, exactly. which kind of like I went through a Squidward phase at one point in time, especially in like middle school and early high school too. You went through a Squidward phase in middle school? 
Yeah, like where I just hated everybody and I was just unhappy. Sure, that wasn't just the emo thing. Uh, you could say emo. Okay. You could say squigrid. It was definitely okay. like an emo. It was like an emo squigrid. Like, oh, face, yeah, definitely okay. gotcha. Because honestly, once you realize how cloudy and dark life can be, kind of like the weather outside right now, it can mm -hmm. definitely make you depressed. But yet again, uh, this is kind of going into like spirituality and everything. Okay, but um, you have to realize that life is suffering. Yes. However, right. you have to end suffering by ending attachment to things, sure. ideologies, people like Squidward, for example, he was attached to fame, his clarinet and just being mm -hmm. overall peaceful. But it's like you become so overly obsessed with that, that you end up making yourself and everybody else around you miserable. Well, not SpongeBob, because he was just like a never ending ball of, ball happiness. of happiness. Yeah, exactly. But at some point you do have to realize through all the suffering, there's always going to be a grace period. There's always going to be a time where you achieve mm -hmm. peace, but you have to do it by your own means. Squidward never chose to seek happiness outside of his own exactly. um, fantasies. Yep. And that's the, I think you can relate it today. That's the struggle that a lot of people face now too. Mm -hmm. Like we used to get so caught up in, oh, I need to get this degree or, oh, I need to make this much money or, oh, I need to have this profession in order to be happy. But what if you're happy doing something else, right? Like, I could even branch it into another 90s uh, cartoon. Well, technically okay. anime, like the early Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Goku, er, okay. you, he, he, had, he kind of parallels to SpongeBob, honestly. Always happy, always looking for a good time or ready for a fight in Goku's case. But yeah. um, even at the end of Dragon Ball, like if you go into the modern, like Super, it's like super. Goku, he didn't want to like, you know, dominate the world to become like the Prince of All Sands, like Vegeta or anybody like that. He was satisfied with being a radish farmer. Yeah. If uh, you like, it's just the small <laughs> things. Like what if your intention is to, you want to be a famous rapper, right? Or a musician. And you're doing your best to do the things that get you up to that status, but it never works out. You never fully blow up. Mm -hmm. And that just kills you on the inside. But the crazy thing is, what if you find out that producing is more of your thing or marketing or promoting? You're still within the music business. However, you're just not in the aspect that you want to be in. Exactly. But it brings you more joy. So if there's anything that I would say in 90s, car well, in the SpongeBob case, there's mm -hmm. kind of like a parallel of yin and yang. Right. SpongeBob being the more happy side and Squidward being the more depressing side. You can't have too much of both because SpongeBob, he can yeah. be very careless <laughs> and he can be very naive at times, yep. too. Like when um, the episode where SpongeBob was pretty much taking care of Squidward after Squidward quit his job. Right. Like he was super naive to let Squidward like freeload off of him like that. Mm -hmm. So he was too nice to a point where he just let people walk all over him. And then Squidward, like he was just so depressed and mad at the world that he didn't think anything else would be um, worthwhile to right. him if it wasn't involving music or peace. So, no, you're, you're definitely right. Anything, on that. SpongeBob taught us that we need to have a balance in order to function properly in life. Yeah. You have to be a balance between. SpongeBob and Squidward. Exactly. That's that's what made the show connect. And there's actually like this. Um, I'm pretty sure some of my listeners watch uh, this YouTuber I'm about to mention, but he's called uh, Imp Lemon, and he did like a video on exactly what we're talking about. Wow. On like what made SpongeBob click mm. with our generation and how it became such a cultural phenomenon. But getting onto another cartoon that was canceled but made like a large impact on me actually two of them jimmy neutron mm. and 
Danny Phantom. So the reason I say like Jimmy Neutron, so I found out that Jimmy Neutron was canceled in 2004. And I like Jimmy Neutron for a lot of different reasons. Um, I was a kid that played with Legos. I was very much obsessed with the Discovery Channel as well. And I watched a lot of the cartoons on there that mm-hmm. had to do with like, you know, the Magic School Bus, uh, Cyber Chase, a whole bunch of other like educational cartoons as well. Did you uh, watch Fetch with Ruff Ruffman at one point in time? Uh, I, I know about that show, but I don't think I ever watched it. Wasn't really, it wasn't really my cup of tea. I was into the more science sci-fi stuff. They got into some of that stuff in that show too. Like they had kids basically go on like different like quests and adventures. Like mm-hmm. they would meet up with archaeologists or they would meet up with a person who um, is like a nurse or like a doctor for like dolphins oh, okay. or something like that. They would even go to like historical sites too. Yeah, I'm, I might have checked it out. Like, as as I said before, like, we're not going to have time to get into, like, every cartoon. But, like, yeah. as I said, I watched a just lot. Just the so. highlights and stuff, yeah. definitely. But, I mean, uh, getting back to Jimmy Neutron, yeah, it was just, like, a science show. Like, it was a kid in the suburbs. I was a kid in the suburbs. I also played with Legos, and I liked to build stuff. Jimmy Neutron came up with these wacky inventions. He was also kind of a nerd picked on in school and only had, like, two friends, which was essentially me in middle school. And to a certain extent, no, well, to a factual extent in high school, um, that was me. He was just very relatable, but he was the smartest kid in the neighborhood, though. Exactly. So that's why I liked it. And also, I do really wish the uh, Purple Nurple, that was a real thing, because I, I don't know. I really like that name, like Purple. I think it was called like Purple Flirt. Purple Flirt, yeah. It's like a cool name for a soda. Yeah, basically it was just <laughs> yeah. like grape soda for the most part, and everybody was obsessed with it too. Yeah. And I also like too in um, Jimmy Neutron that there was like some representation there too. Like there was an episode where they went to out to degree, like- To a degree. To like, me it was tokenism, but I'll give it to them for that. With, um, I was about to say, because in, um, I think it was one episode where they went to like Egypt and they had right. Libby- like be after yeah african i remember queen. that they actually had a that... dark-skinned girl like be like an african like an african queen which i really that's kind was of cool. iconic though I'm yeah kind of, exactly. i remember that <laughs> and then her look changed ever since yeah. like she went from like the straight-haired like hair had, like, over the, the braids, eyes right? yeah she got the yeah. braids she mm-hmm. had the braids after i don't know if that was that wasn't the season finale though i don't think it was yeah they, they never had one that's why <laughs> ah so jimmy neutron yeah. only went for one season it, it went for like i think maybe like one to three something like that yeah, even like how Jimmy Neutron started, it was kind of it like... It was a movie at first. Yeah, it was a movie at first. I didn't know that, though, but I love the movie, too. But being di- very, very different thing there. Anyway, though, Danny Phantom. Danny Phantom I have beef with um, mm. because the creator is still active. And I understand like why he can't bring it back, but it does need to be brought back, especially during this time and just all the themes that it covered... Like, for me, uh, the ultimate enemy is probably going to be, like, one of the best special cartoon specials ever. Um, This is going to, like, spoil some of you who haven't seen the show. But essentially, in the ultimate enemy, uh, Danny has to confront his future self. But the crux of the film, the themes that uh, the the special is covering is, who are you going to be in the future? Like... Because it starts off with him deciding, am I going to cheat on this placement test? Or am I not going to do that? And in the future, Danny sees his future self. And essentially in that timeline, um, it's kind of dark. Like Danny loses everybody that cared about him. And Vlad Plasmius, who is like the rival, he takes pity on him. 
and he gets him a place to stay. Um, Danny decides he wants the ghost removed from him because he doesn't want to remember anything that's tied to it because mm-hmm. it just brings him too much pain. He separates, gets separated. The experiment, of course, goes wrong. As you know, these things tend to happen. Of course. And the ghost part of Danny fuses with Vlad Plasmius, who is also a hybrid ghost as well. And essentially the depression and despair that the evil Danny had in him overtook Vlad and then it kind of like turned him into a monster. And this is all <laughs> off of a placement test, right? Yeah, well, I'm gonna get back around to that. Okay, so cool. also in this timeline, he became he becomes evil Danny. And I do apologize if I got the facts mixed up because there's like a lot that happened. There's there. a lot. But um he goes essentially and he just starts wreaking havoc like in the future. And cutting back to the present Danny who's doing the whole placement test, I believe um i'm not sure like if in the dark timeline he does decide to cheat and that's what leads to the death of his family mm-hmm. but i think dark danny says like go on ahead and cheat though because you're gonna turn into me anyway so like why not be this dude now wow so you're gonna lose them anyway like they don't matter like your parents were like stupid enough to realize that you weren't even that they didn't even know you were danny phantom this whole time like <laughs> come on exactly <laughs> like you know and it's, it's a funny joke, though, but it's like his parents do care about him, though. Yeah. It's not like it's not like they would have stopped loving him. But th- but that's what made the special so potent. Probably would have been like some a little bit of like animosity towards like from his parents. Maybe a little bit. But at the same time, you know, it, it, we saw later on that when they did find out his parents didn't change the way they felt about their son, you know. And then, you know, Danny defeated him. But then they left it off on a cliffhanger. Wow, so, so now I see why you have beef with Butch Hart. Yeah, but that's not the only reason why. It's just the fact that the show is canceled in general. Like, I love Sam and Tucker. Like, I think they're probably one of the best best friend groups, like, ever. Like, Tucker, once again, kind of token black character, but probably one of the first examples I saw of, like, a geek. A nerdy black like kid. a nerdy black kid. Um, and, like, didn't he uh, end up, like, teaming up with Danny and fighting crime with him and stuff? Oh, yeah, he did do it a couple times, mm, okay. even though it was kind of, like, here and there. Sam, Sam, I think, had more adventures because, you know, Sam and Danny were kind of, like, hinted at being a thing. And eventually, like... There was another black girl in the uh, show, too. She was, like, a ghost hunter as well. She was a ghost hunter, though, and I didn't like how they treated her. I mean, she was cool. Like, <laughs> she definitely wanted, like, a very cool character. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't like how they handled the relationship. I didn't feel like that there was closure there. It was like, yeah. wait, what happened with her? Like, did did they just drop that? <laughs> so I did like it? her voice actor, though, Cree Summers. Oh, She's done yeah. a lot of stuff in the 90s. Like, I was just about to bring mm-hmm. up another 90s cartoon, Rugrats. Rugrats, big one. Didn't I, I watched Rugrats, but I didn't, like, see a whole lot of episodes. I've seen a couple of the movies before, and I've, yeah, I've seen, seen like, I'm not going to say most of the episodes, but, okay, mm-hmm. have you seen All Grown Up? Yes and no. Okay. That's basically like mm-hmm. a spinoff of um, basically Rugrats. the Rugrats when they're teenagers. Yeah, it's kind of meh. But... One of my favorite films, Rugrat films of all time, is definitely uh, RV There Yet, which is basically RV. Tommy uh, and the gang, and they pretty much get an RV, and they do a whole cross-country trip to New York because Susie has a... Uh, you remember Susie, the black girl, right? Oh, yeah, of course. From uh, Basically, she had a big performance for the most part in like, the big like New York parade. So they went from their little fantasy town, wherever that was, and they went to basically a whole, yeah, basically a whole cross country trip across oh, the country. That I think that, I think that was a uh, special. Yeah, it was a big special. 
And then they also had other ones too, like when Angelica turned 13 and um, they had a bunch of other uh, stuff down there too. But those are the two that I could think of off the top of my head. Yeah, for me, I just remember the one where they went to Paris and then I think uh, I watched the movie where the Rugrats and the Wild, the Thornberries. Oh, like, that crossover. That crossover movie. Still a great film. Another good crossover, too, was yeah. when Nerds Collide, when they did the Timmy and Jimmy specials. Timmy and Jimmy specials are goaded, yeah. They're, those are great. Fairly Odd Parents <laughs> so, is a great uh, cartoon as well, too. Er, early Fairly Odd Parents, because we got to make a distinction. Oh, uh, yeah. Because a lot of people, I, I can't say all of Fairly Odd Parents like, is great. Of course. But channel chasers like everything before channel chasers and then slightly after to a certain extent is classic to me i think after that it just became flanderization like of the characters yeah with um would you say that's when uh poof came around well poof, poof came around like what season five i believe and that wasn't bad like i didn't like i, I didn't mind poof's introduction because I, I wanted, I wanted to see how that changed the dynamic because they needed like a change. It became too formulaic at that point. So Poof was like, oh, they they have a baby on the show. This could be interesting because now Timmy might have to play like a big brother type of role that he hasn't really had to do before. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless there was that in a previous episode, but I don't think there was. Um, but um, they did it a couple times where like Poof was doing like some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was intrigued like at, like what kind of powers the baby have. And then like the anti-Poof that that was kind of cool. The anti-fairies were definitely a nice addition. But after that, I kind of was like, there's not much you can do with this It's anymore. like they were trying to do too much to keep the show alive. Like, I know they added another girl where they uh, I didn't they like share that. I stopped. I, I quit the show. Like, yeah. when that happened, I was done. I just didn't like that. I think, I I don't even know, because I don't even know if that was Butch that suggested that, or if that was, not that I would know, or if that was, like, the stu- the network that said, hey, you need to just put a new character in. Yeah, like, it's getting <laughs> so. kind of stale. Like, Timmy, Poof, Cosmo, and Wanda aren't enough. You need somebody else. Yeah, but I'm like, I think they are enough. I just think yeah, you just, you know, have to come up with uh, some new stories. Like, yeah. You got to think outside the box, I guess. And I know that's, like, that might be asking a lot, considering it went on for, like, what, nine seasons? But Yeah. I know. I think another good cartoon as well, even though it's like early 2000s, mm-hmm. I really love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Which one? Because uh, there's like a 2014 one, and then there's like the all 2D animated one that came on uh, CW50. That one. Yeah, that it one. It was a lot more gritty and aggressive. I like that one. Yeah, I like that too. Um, I don't remember a lot of episodes now, so I don't know how iconic it was, but obviously it's TMNT, so I mean, yeah, they're still like, around now. It's like a lot of the stuff that we grew up with like in the early 2000s, it's like it's not really as big anymore, or they remodified it to more so fit like a modern yeah. political agenda. But, but we're not gonna... the, Yeah, but the 2014, 2014 ain't bad. Like, it's I, not bad at all. I really did like the 2014 version. Like, it wasn't as gritty, but I like the story with April. I remember April being a really good character yeah and the 2014 one and i liked the development with the turtles because i guess it was more teenage like more teenage mutant whereas like the other one was more adult mm-hmm. ninja turtles but um speaking of that the movie tmnt i think also was great that was the live not live action but like the more the animated, animation one yeah the one that i guess didn't do that well <laughs> that was actually really good i even had the game and everything too I don't did I get the I didn't get the game for them for, for that movie, but I got like one of the older games for the animated one. I think it was on the GameCube. Ah, I'm gonna have to replay you. that. <laughs> but, I got you. But um yeah, that movie's really good. Um I really I always go back and replay the scene between Ralph and Leo. 
Um, I love that dialogue. That's probably one of my favorite dialogues in any movie. Like, but it, for those that know me, though, like I really enjoy rivalry dialogue, and especially rivalry dialogue that's has great character development, and great world building. That's like that has tension build up. So we're like, you know, <laughs> Leo was like, "You are not ready. You're too impatient, and more importantly, I'm better, better than, than you." you. It was just a good line, like it's good, good stuff there. Yeah, it so. definitely got dark and gritty. It's like we don't really get that much anymore. Like I think the balance, so. the thing is, you got to have a balance. With I think mm -hmm. that's the key factor with most '90s cartoons. Like right. they really kind of like they knew how to balance like the lighthearted moments with like the gritty dark with the gritty moments. Right. But a lot of cartoons kind of like fail to capture that essence. Like some will be too serious, some will be too childish to a point where you don't even like learn anything from it it's just you know it's not the same as it used to be anymore i know that's cliche to say but it's the truth yeah it is the truth though i mean i don't know it's like parents and stuff just so get so bent out of shape though at the smallest things you know just got blood in it gotta censor it it's got any mention of sex you gotta censor it you know if there's any notion of like violence or any like emotional instability in any of the characters like nope God yeah but even though these are like the same like some of these parents <laughs> so, are the same ones who like bought their kids grand theft auto like yeah so that's, that's what i'm like saying eight, nine like, years old to me to me i feel like you know it's a parent's responsibility to stop your kids from watching things you don't want them to see and then when they're of age then you, then, you know it shouldn't be an issue but i don't think it's right for parents to complain about you know why is this out there it's out there because it's just out there exactly. it's creative expression you cannot be mad at exactly. that um but you know but what you should be mad at is the fact that you are not doing your job as a parent as a parent you know so it is what it is there but um yeah i mean good point to make on that but i i want to say I'm trying to think of like another 90s cartoon me too uh shoot Codename Kids Next Door, that's definitely one. Definitely. Um, it's definitely in that batch of, like, Courage, Samurai, Jack, Billy, and it's in that, like, lineup, Cartoon Network yeah. shows. Actually, no, scratch Codename Kids Next Door. Let's talk about the uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. I was just thinking that, too. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why. They great minds think alike, people. Right. That was really, so. it had a whole bunch of interesting characters there. Mm -hmm. And I also like the uh, special Goodwill Hunting, too. When that's, they had that that's, episode that's that focused really on him. Yep. So who's your favorite character from Fosters? Because for me, I did really like Blue. I never really liked Max. Like, he was cool, but I didn't like... He was just kind of, like, there. He was just kind of there. I liked Blue, and I loved Frankie. Like Frankie definitely <laughs> so, showed a lot of sides of herself. Yeah. I really liked her as a character, too. But I think um, my character... my Two of my favorite characters of all time. Will, definitely, because, you know, representation right. and all That's of that. And then you also, I also like that he had an interesting past too. Mm -hmm. Like when he first, uh, he was created by like one of the, based off of, his creator was based off of one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Well, oh yeah, no, you're right. Jordan Michael, yep. yeah. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, yeah. I, yeah, I liked, uh, I like Will. He's and cool. I also liked Eduardo too. Eduardo's kind of, yeah, he, he's cool too. He's like, like a friendly giant, you know? Yeah, he's cool too, like. Honestly, though, I think because there was like so many characters in there, I think like for the most part, if it if Blue or Frankie were not in the episode, I kind of it was just something I would put on. You remember when the that episode where Blue had like a bunch of like knockoff creations of him? 
I think I do. Everything's a blur at this point, but I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a bunch of kids really wanted to like create an imaginary friend just like Yeah, it was, that, it was a cool yeah, concept. It was a cool concept. Yeah, but at the same time though, I feel like it also promoted originality too cuz like yeah. all these crazy <laughs> characters mm-hmm. here and yet you have a wide imagination <laughs> right. available to you and you want to mm-hmm. create somebody who's just like somebody else's imaginary friend. Yeah. It's promotes it's pr- promoting thinking outside of the box. It kind of alluded to what's going on now, like in terms of creativity, especially in the music aspect too. Everybody wants to sound like this. Everybody wants mm-hmm. to have a song that's on top of the charts and it sounds just like this and that or whatever right. is popular at the time, mm-hmm. which kind of drowns out the uh, whole genre as not genre, but like the whole uh, it drowns out your voice, abstract your personal of art voice. Yeah. Uh, as a whole, honestly. Mm-hmm. So if anything, that show actually did have a great impact on me too, because it always told me to stay creative no matter what. And also think, don't be afraid to think outside of the box either. You might pay, you might end up paying good for it in the long run too. Exactly. Which is probably why Foster's had such a, I've never heard somebody say that they hated Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Yeah, I, I don't think I've heard anybody say they like, didn't like the show. I'm pretty sure there are people that don't like it, but for the most part, it's definitely up there. If you like, want to talk about hate in Foster's Home, I feel like the most that you would go is characters because there were some. Yeah, you have to like talk specific character. Moments. But because of like not because of like they were written badly, but because of like their personalities and their aspects, like Mr. Harriman, uh, Duchess, um, Max, older brother Terrence. Like these are the three characters who I always had like a negative reception of. Because, yeah. like, they played their villain. Well, not so much Mr. Harriman, but Duchess and Terrence, definitely. For sure. Well, I think with that, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And then we'll be right back to talk about more of 90s cartoons that had an impact on us. All right. We'll see you guys in a bit. Everybody, welcome back to Greg Talks. I'm Elia TP. And I'm your host, Greg. And we're going to continue our discussion on 90s cartoons. So, so I think... We left off talking about Foster's Foster Home. Home for Imaginary yep. Friends. Yep. So I said with the uh, characters in there, um, Duchess and Terrence are usually the ones that come to mind as like top hated like 90s cartoon characters or early uh, 2000s. Early 2000s, characters. yeah. So it's always with them, but they were written so well that like you kind of like if they were real people, you would hate them like on the spot if you saw them on the street somewhere. Yeah, I as I said before, you probably know the characters better than I do because I only really knew uh, Frankie and Blue, and I knew everyone else is just I don't know by name. I, I'll know them if I see them though. But I, the reason I like Frankie is just because I think she was a nuanced character. Like uh, I think I just watched an, a part of an episode recently where she had like a boyfriend or whatever, and the boyfriend was kind of like, "Why? Why do you hang out with these guys? Like you should hang out with me because I'm like cool." And then she walked away and then the boyfriend started like being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And then she came back and she said, what are you talking? These are my friends. And then he was like, oh, well, I didn't mean that. And then Frankie beat his ass. Like, I like I like I moments like that because it shows that Frankie is a very caring individual when most of the show she is seen as like to be this angry, kind of like an angry woman, you know, but she's she's cool. It didn't help the fact that she was a redhead, too. I don't think that had anything to do with it personally. I mean, fiery oh okay i see it see yeah. I, yeah I i didn't i didn't know about the whole like 
redhead discrimination thing back then. So not in the case of like we don't discriminate against anybody in this podcast. No, we so don't. You know, we don't at mm-hmm. all. We may have some strong opinions, but at the end of the day, we still love you. Exactly. But yeah, Frankie was always this like this fireball, like head of mm-hmm. character mostly. But through the show, that episode definitely showcased her more caring side because she does care for the foster home, like literally, because it's not just because it's her job, but because like, you know, even like her, uh, her grandma even praised her for like taking care, even though it can be a very like, yeah, she's she's a tiring and consuming job. She, um, I know there was like a big theory. I was intrigued by it. Yeah. If Frankie actually has an imaginary friend or if she's even real, because that was something that people thought about. Mm -hmm. I think for Frankie's real, because it. I don't know. It wouldn't really make sense for her to be imaginary because I don't. She doesn't really like link up with anybody in the show. Like they never like once alluded to her being. I mean, actually, I won't say that they might have. I just didn't. I don't remember being a big thing. There was actually a theory on her about how everything was made up, but like her and her grandma were real, and she has like a severe case of autism. To where she just made up like friends nah, and stuff like that. I think that's a little dark, but it's it's, valid. it's a dark turn. But yet again, it could also be like something that could allude to. Um, it could be a real thing in the show too. No, it could be if it decides to take like a darker turn. Like it'd be crazy yeah, if be crazy. all like the '90s cartoons or like the uh, early 2000s cartoons mm-hmm. that we grew up on, like they made spinoffs of them, but they turned it into more of like an adult thing. There's already, like, YouTube webisodes and stuff like that on it. Like, I know they did one with mm-hmm. Arthur. Like, the educational? Yeah, Arthur. like, they made it pretty... Yeah, educational Arthur, yeah. <laughs> so they pretty Arthur. much, like, turned it to where, like, uh, Arthur and Binky... Not Binky, but uh, Buster were, like, stoners or something like that. Or maybe Buster was a stoner. <laughs> yeah. Which would make perfect sense, it, honestly. It, it, it would. Speaking of... Well, getting back to, like, 90s, 90s shows, though. Did you watch Hey Arnold? Yes. Hey Arnold... Yes. Um, and I'm I'm still really mad I didn't watch more Hey Arnold when it was like really coming out when it was in its prime. But I love the opening theme song and I love the whole aesthetic of the urban kids. Yeah. You know? And it's I don't know, it didn't feel stereotypical. Like it seemed very realistic. That's kids from like the inner city, that would be types of circumstances and situations that they, they would be dealing with. Speaking of which, hey Arnold is also a um is another cartoon that has the uh, no parents thing going on. Yeah. So, and that was a thing I didn't notice. Well, I maybe I didn't pay attention to it because I wasn't like aware. But um, yeah, the show doesn't bring too much attention to that. They made a special after like, yeah, explaining they, where they, Arthur's parents yeah, are. Yeah, recently, I kind of liked the intrigue of them just not being around because it felt more grounded. Because I think I think they just did that for fan service, but um. The fact that he didn't have parents, it just felt real because they're, you know, they're kids that live with their grandparents yeah. who don't know who their mom and dad is. They just, or they either left or they died or they just yeah. decided to give them, a, give their child away. Gerald was a really interesting character too. I don't know if we ever got any, I don't know if there was an I don't episode know if there was an episode. his parents. I don't, I think we saw his parents. They did plenty of episodes with Helga explaining her situation. Oh, Helga, yeah. The, her parents for her, they're very, very big on her character there yeah and i actually kind of um don't hate helga as much as i did yeah because honestly she's like the neglected i feel like she was more like the neglected child because her star her sister Mm -hmm. was like a star like student um there was even one episode where she was completely like torn up and depressed because she got like a b on her report card exactly yeah helga uh reminds me a lot of uh cindy from jimmy neutron 
like Cindy, I believe also came from a pretty well to do family. Um, I only remember Cindy's mom, but I remember her mother being very hard on Cindy and Cindy actually being up in a room. I don't know if you remember those scenes when she was like listening to music, talking to, to Libby. Um, so where she's not actually really a bad girl. Like she treats Jimmy like trash. Let's be honest. Yeah, but, but we, like the whole big thing but Helga is like, is if like a girl opposite. is like yeah. mean to you, that probably means that, you know, they're interested in you. They just don't know how to communicate that. Exactly. And that's why I said, like, oh, that's kind of cute. Like, I like the whole beach episode that Cindy and Jimmy had. And then with Helga in Hey Arnold, the movie, even though it was a little bit much, you know, it was cool. It was cool. Like, Hey Arnold said, okay, this is fine. Like, I've not really liked you all this time, though, but you're kind of cool now. So, I don't know if we're going to be a thing, though, because you're just kind of like, you treated me like trash. <laughs> treated me like trash for a long time, but at least this is a step in the right direction. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But. So it was Hey Arnold. What was another big '90s cartoon back then? Um, right around the time of uh, Hey Arnold. Oh, uh, have you ever seen a uh, Doug? Let's not talk about Doug, because oh, why? Uh, well, for one, I didn't watch a lot of it, and well, two, same. But I do remember like the theme song though. I. I've seen in a couple episodes, and I would not have liked that show if I saw it as a kid. I understand why people don't like it. Doug just, mm, he's just not a character for me. X-Men was another big 90s cartoon, too. The, the 90s X-Men, X-Men. 90s X-Men, well, that, Spider-Man. Spider-Man was a really good one, too. And I'm trying to think there's an, oh, and the, the animated Batman series were all great. Are you talking about Batman Beyond? Not Batman Beyond, because that came out in the 2000s, but the animated series Batman. Ah. Because we, I mean, I didn't catch it when the episodes were live, but we cut at the end of its life uh, when they were doing, like, reruns. I forgot on what channel, but. It's probably, like, JetX or, like, Toon Disney or something like that. Ooh, rip JetX and Toon Disney. I know, right? Those, those are great channels. I do remember, um, it was, a, it's an early night, it's, like, mid-2000s cartoon, but it was, like, really, really good. I remember watching episodes of it. Batman the Brave and the Bold. Batman the Brave and the Bold I liked, but I also recognize that it's not as good as I thought it was. Because, like, I, I think I was bigging it up back then because, like, you know, I I wanted another Batman cartoon to watch. Yeah. And it was the only thing that was on, so I just watched it. But I think it was a little bit too cartoony. Like, it lost some of that dark side of it there was definitely highlight episodes um i remember one episode where he went um back to the league of where he like put the bat mask on yeah and he was like doing the training and stuff that was cool but it was kind of goofy so to a degree i can definitely see that yeah especially with all the different like uh sidekicks and superheroes that he ran into huntress uh yeah i forgot what his name was but he was like the first flash that had like the tin helmet with the wings on it um that is I know who it is, but the name is not coming to me right now. Hermes or something like that? No, it's not Hermes. But it's he's the hat thing is modeled from Hermes. Yeah. But uh, I think, I want to say, uh, oh, Kim Possible. Yeah. Another good one, too. I know that's early 2000s, but it's like, it's kind of like, has that nice Proud feel. Family would be in that. Proud Family would also be in the category. As well too. But I love Kim Possible, like, quite a lot. I would argue that I probably like Kim Possible as much as Proud Family. Like, I like Proud Family more for obvious reasons. Um, just being black kid, that being like one of the best black cartoons I ever saw, other than Boondocks. But that's 
different. Um, but Kim Possible was just cool because I liked the comedy. Shigo was um, really, really attractive. attractive. Yeah. Like, I like Shigo. Like, anytime I see anyone cosplay as Shigo, like, it, for the most part, it looks fire. So, uh, Kim, po- Kim Possible, Kim Possible too, but Shigo is just fire. <laughs> like, the whole, like, she has one of those villain names that it's like, why didn't I think of that name? It It's so... It is so representative of like a certain type of like girl. Um, I don't know. It just hits the nail on a lot of big things. ego, big ego. And on top of that, too, <laughs> so, like what I like also so, was that in Kim Possible, like whenever Shigo and Kim would face off, it was no dialogue or anything. They no, it was just straight, straight hands, hands, straight hands. Like it was funny. <laughs> like they knew what was up, but Shigo could never beat Kim. I mean, Shigo could like go toe to toe. And I don't even know, like, was, did she go use martial arts or was she just, like, acrobatic? I think, she, I'm not sure. I have to look. Because Kim Possible, I know, used martial arts when she fought, which was, that was another cool aspect, but they actually yeah. put real fighting styles in the show. At least when, you know, she was fighting against people that were trained people in fighting forms. Um, but, yeah, I liked Draco, was that, that was his name? Draco, yeah. Draco, he was cool. Probably one of the most original villains on Disney Channel. Definitely. I didn't like when they added the uh, Spanish dude on there, though. Spanish dude. I forgot what his name was, but... Um, I think he re- he was reoccurring a couple times. Yeah, he was. As a villain. And then speaking of, like, Ron, Ron was definitely one of the earlier archetypes of the, that character who, like, likes the main character, but doesn't necessarily know how to go about it. Yeah, but I think in the Kim Possible movie that they had, they, uh... I wouldn't say... They didn't hook up. That wasn't a thing back then, but I think it was they, more so of a... Well, in, in, the, they, in the prom movie. Yeah, they dated for a little bit. I they think. dated. Are you sure? I thought they were, like, solid, because that was, like, that That movie kind of, like, cemented the arc. I know there was a couple seasons after that where they, I guess, weren't a thing, mm-hmm. but I don't know. They never confirmed it, so I'm thinking, no, they're definitely a couple still. <laughs> more than likely. I would probably have to check the forms. And yeah. Because that, that, that would be tap, because... Um, this isn't like a 90s cartoon, but I remember a Goofy movie. That like, was another good movie as well. Too. It was like was Max, good 90s Max and Roxanne. And also, um, shout out to uh, Miss Holiday because I actually got to interview her on this podcast mm. um, a couple months back. And she is uh, the creator of Ro- the character Roxanne. Wow. So, yeah. Shout out to you, Miss Holiday. Nice. Um, shout out to Miss Holiday. But... Yeah, it's kind of like a similar relationship in that show where, like, Roxanne and Max, like, they were together. I know it's, like, high school, but they were, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. And in college, um, the Goofy Movie 2, I guess they stopped or they were taking a break. That's what I was thinking. But it's something that I always, like, man, I wonder what happened to Roxanne, though. And what essentially happened was um, the movie that they were supposed to reintroduce her in, which was the uh, cr- Christmas movie it's like an old 3d animated christmas yeah i remember she was supposed to be the uh max's girlfriend but they couldn't animate her hair wow so they, they seriously actually, yeah that at least that's what i heard and hence they didn't put her in <laughs> so that's a lazy reason to not include a character in yeah but she was just a cool character though yeah. and um that's one of those movies where i will define the animation as being very sexy <laughs> like the animation is so delicious in like, the 90s right the 90s uh, it, animation it is so good that salivating like it's it's that it's that fluid mm-hmm. uh 
but yeah, that's one. I, I I didn't even I don't even think I watched the cartoon before that movie came out. But... They ended up making like a video game spinoff of it. It was a video game. From... Yeah, like Nick, like not Nicktoons, but like Disney, like Skate Adventure or something like that. Oh they had yeah, all that, that the might characters have been a thing. from like uh... was that like an online thing? No, it was actually like a console, PS2, GameCube, all that stuff. Oh, and um, they had I think they had Max in there. They also had um. Woody in there, Buzz, like all the '90s, like people from uh, Disney. Speaking of which, how are we going to talk about '90s cartoons without talking about movies? Because like, um, Toy Story is definitely a favorite of mine, all-time favorite of mine. But we can't, we can't put that in the same category because it, it would, it would fall into like 3D animated movies, which uh, I, I understand. It's still technically a wait, cartoon. Wait, wait. Buzz Lightyear or Star Command. That used to come on on okay, Team Disney. Okay. That's another good one. That was a branch off. That's valid. Valid choice there. I watched that quite a bit. Timon and Pumbaa, which was also a show. G.I. Joe, uh, even though that's super, super old. G.I. Joe, I watched that too. Not as much as the uh, Timon and Pumbaa, though. I remember Timon and Pumbaa also. Those spinoffs, they had... Timon and Pumbaa were def- perfect characters for a spinoff. Yeah, they worked really well. I kind of did get mad when they started like just making sequels to The Lion King. Like m- m- after I kept continuing it, because I was like, I get it. It's a, it's good. It's a great. It's one of the best black. You get what I'm going yeah, with? Yeah, yeah. Films like Disney films of all time, and it, it's better than Princess and the Frog. And that's that was trying to be a black Disney animation. She was a frog for the whole so, film. Fuck that movie. Yeah, I I still like that movie though. Yeah, um, but not for. Yeah. Not T- Tiana's cool, but I like the Shadow Man. The, the Shadow Man is the coolest part of that movie. Like the Are You Ready Transformation Central is iconic. <laughs> like exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that's gonna about wrap it up. We've definitely been going for a decent amount of time though. But I want to thank everybody that tuned in for listening. And uh, if you guys are wondering where you can find this podcast, it's on anchor.fm uh it's on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you can find and or listen to the podcast that you want i'm literally everywhere at, at this point mm-hmm. and a lot of you know you share where they can find you guys can go ahead and follow me you can find me on twitter my username is elia tp with a capital e e-l-i-y-a-h TP. My handle name is Sasuke with the sake. You can also <laughs> find me on Instagram as well too. Elia. Instead of an E, it's a three. So three L I Y A H T dot P. And then you can also add me on Snapchat as well too. If you're up for it, Elia E L I Y A H underscore Israel I S R A E L. Yeah, guys, make sure to hit him up on all of those platforms and go give him as much support as possible because he's a really cool dude. Speaking of also Instagram, um, if you guys are interested, even though my Instagram ain't really popping like that, but hey, if you want to click over there, I would appreciate a follow. My Instagram is Greg Blogs. That's G-R-E-G-B-L-O-G-Z. So go ahead and click over there. And... If you're obliged, I do have a YouTube channel. I do post every now and again, but that is the same title as my podcast. So also mm-hmm. go and click over to there. Also a little bit of more promotion as well too. I'm a artist as well, diverse hip hop artist. So I'm on Apple Music, I'm on Spotify, I'm everywhere for the most part. So you can check me out, Elia TP. That's T dot P, 
Elia. And yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Tune right. in next time. All right. You'll definitely be hearing more from me soon. So tune in. This has been All Great right. Talks. We're gone. Signing out. To listen to more episodes of Greg Talks, you can subscribe to the podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Greg Talks, G-R-E-G-T-A-L-K-Z.